0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, To spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri,
0: the host of the Wannabe Podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thank you so much for joining me again for another week of the podcast. So just a quick announcement. I will be doing a growth strategies course as part of the We Heart Mondays Black Girl Magic Academy. The first class starts on Wednesday, the 28th of April. So visit weheartmondays.com forward slash growth and use code in return to get £10 off your class. I will see you there. This week, brand and marketing expert Prisca Moyesa of Moyessa Co. is back for our monthly session and today we are answering your questions, which include, what equipment should I use to start my podcast? Is it worth doing Instagram or Facebook lives? How do I build my email list? And how do you ask strangers to be on your podcast? Let's go. Hi Prisca, how are you? Hello, I'm
2: good, thank you. And you?
0: I'm so good there's a lot happening yeah there is I've been having to share with you what's happening um you know some stuff that's happening yeah which is exciting yeah Um, but yeah you you also seem to have a lot of things happening um yeah a lot (laughs) (laughs) I'm not
2: stressed out about it I'm just like time is everything now like literally um time is precious
0: I hear you on that I feel that, but I'm actually stressing and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Don't stress. I'm always overwhelmed. Don't stress. It's never that serious. I know it's not that deep. It's just, you know, like, actually at the moment, what it is, is that there's so many good things happening yeah. that it's actually really overwhelming me because all of the choices are good. Yeah. All of the, it's a really nice pos- position to be in, but I was oh not, I was not expecting to be so massively overwhelmed by things. So we are back this week with listener questions. Yeah. We have some, some juicy ones. Um, so, you are right there, Frisco? Yeah, I'm good. You <laughs> good? You <laughs> <I'm>, alive? <laughs> I'm here. I'm awake. I'm here. Okay, cool. So, the first listener question is, Hi, I'm currently working on a solo podcast and I have my cover art, my guests, and my background music, but now I'm stuck on where to start. Like, what equipment to buy and if I should get a website up and running as well. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed and would like to know what are the best starting steps to making a podcast from Shanice. So I would say the fact that
2: a project like starting a podcast is overwhelming you already Mm -hmm. is a little bit worrying. So try and start small. Don't stress yourself too much. Um, You can start from your mobile phone. If you're very, if, if we're very honest, um, it's not always about going big immediately. Um, there's a platform called Anchor, yep. which has just been released, which allows you to record things straight from your phone and you can upload them in really creative ways. So that's good. Um, and uploading that um, and starting all these different social media pages would be a good move as well. And then building traction from there. Um, it's not. It's not even worth investing in the website immediately. Let mm-hmm. your community almost drive how much you grow. Mm-hmm. So build that following and almost let them demand th- and and let them demand those things from you. You know, people will speak on the sound quality if need be. Yep. people will give you that feedback. So I would be patient and and wait for them to to communicate what they want from you but it shouldn't stress you out and also i will say don't feel like you can't bring somebody in on that like getting somebody to join your podcast and co-host with you is a good move and it allows you to relieve all the stress of just organizing it and starting it and building the community and tweeting and posting and stuff like that um yeah that's that's my bit of advice
0: what about you imri oh so many things i think you were at a great start (laughs) cover art is usually the longest thing for us i don't even know why it should be the easiest, but it's not. Um, Come out and guess like, you know what you want. It sounds like you're in a really good place. So you have started Um, in terms of equipment. I'm also not the best person to speak to, but when I got the question, I did say I would do some research. So something that we have invested in um, was a zoom microphone. So zoom have, I think they're on their sixth version of a mic. um, And so the older versions can cost between like maybe a hundred pounds um and the newest version costs about three hundred and twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> That thing is ours
2: was like 350 or Yeah, something. we got ours was 300 We actually.
0: paid like 325 with some and we got like an Amazon deal where you got like add-ons. But yeah. They were like like a like a what are they called? A, a mice, the dead mouse thing, the fluffy thing that you put on the microphone. Oh. FA yeah. told me it was called a dead mouse, but yeah. <laughs> um, <Lie to> you. <laughs> so yeah, we we invested in that and I had to learn how to use that for um the Ava Duvenet bonus episode that actually should be out as of this episode already so um I could figure that out in about a day in like half a day with like a couple of YouTube tutorials and so I was able to record myself for the very first time and so I would say get a H uh, a H4 or a H5 if you can afford it even a H6 if you really want to splash out uh in terms of equipment I would definitely recommend that because it's the easiest thing you can use or
2: when it comes to mics you can just go to Argos and get a blue mic Oh, and blue then you yeti. can plug them yeah yeti and you can pu- plug them into your laptop which is a bit annoying but yeah plug it into your laptop and yeah. it's like 100 less than 100 pounds i think
0: yeah blue yetis are really good i know loads of people that use those as well um i've never used one so i can't like strongly recommend one I've way or the used other. It, but you've used good. it yeah that's good, good. Yeah. it's very clear that's amazing yeah, very so that's good to clear. know but
2: you, you almost have to use like two for two people yeah like you could use one but then there would be sound quality issues sure but you, you could I mean you can you make it work. The mic around <laughs> yeah you know I mean? we've
0: had to do that in the past um we try not to but yeah if you can get a mic per person by all means do it but if you if it's a budget thing start starts more like Prisca said you're right you don't need a website I was extra I really don't need a website I have one now it's maintenance. It's good for you now though. You, you I like it. Yeah, you I would
2: say a website is beneficial for you now, but your community almost drove that, knowing that there's people that are actually listening. Yeah. And um, also
0: it's really good for in terms of just growing Developing like a wider strategy around it. So I knew I wanted to have a mailing list. I knew I wanted to uh, distribute show notes in a more organized and structured way. So if you have like really great ambitions for what your podcast is for your brand. And I mean like the podcast isn't your brand. You have a wider vision for it. Then I would definitely say a website is something to think about. But you definitely don't need it off the start. Like they're expensive to start up and they take time to design. So you don't need one. You can get loads of like podcast profile pages um, that you can just put up and put your information on and it's pretty fine. Like iTunes is a landing page for your podcast and that's where most people are finding you anyway. What would your
2: advice be to her in terms of uploading her her episodes?
0: Where to? So some people really like SoundCloud. We don't use SoundCloud anymore. Um, Why is that? We stopped using it primarily because we don't feel soundcloud is great for podcasters Mm. um in terms of just kind of the technical support and some of the analytical support it's kind of really limited in what you can do but what it is great for is that it's really good as a sharing tool so getting your episodes out on social media people can play within the browser but i've just discovered that spotify does the exact same thing now i did not know you could play Mm -hmm. spotify clips I was blown away. I just got yeah. this like two days ago. Um, so for us, we don't use it as much. Also, um, SoundCloud has a massive problem with like inflation of numbers. So if a click counts as a play and it kind of, makes it really warped and mm. um, so we found that when we shifted hosting we actually got a better representation of who's listening how long they're listening for where they're listening from so all of that data and analytics is a little bit stronger on the dedicated podcast hosting platforms so we host through Acast at the moment but there's really great ones like libsyn um audio boom is another one that you can help monetize from as well so there's loads of really great platforms that you can use um some of them are free some of them are not and i would definitely recommend shopping around for a host for a bit and find one that you can afford if you can find one for free do that but try to try to be mindful of where you want to host because they can cost anywhere from like eight pounds to like 20 at times um so other ones include podbean as well which is quite good for some people um and Castbox also allows you to host as well and that's a new one who just got a ton of um ton of investment so i would definitely definitely recommend those um i think that's pretty much everything in in how you can get started with podcasting right is there anything we missed no Paul? i don't think so do you want to read the next question me? You never read the questions. <laughs> I never read the <laughs>
2: questions. Um, hi, Imri and Priska. I love, 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 love these monthly question and answer sections on the podcast. I wanted to ask if you think it's worth doing Instagram or Facebook live videos. Imri, I saw you posted about starting on Twitter. Do you think you will keep doing it? From Brandy in the US of A.
0: We're international. Yes. Um Do I think it's worth it? Well, we're doing it right now. (laughs) Hi, all of the four people watching. yay! Do I think it's worth it? Uh, I don't know yet. I think it's too soon to tell. I really was anti-lives because I don't watch anyone's lives. Yeah. (laughs) So... I'm trying to watch them more now. Sometimes it's just people just sitting in their car having rants. And that seems to be my general experience of live videos. I think if you're going to be adding real value, um, like you're going to be teaching a little mini masterclass or some sort of like webinar style thing where you're passing on knowledge and information instead of ranting. I think they're probably definitely worth doing. And it's going to grow because last time I did an Instagram live, there was only one person and they were very engaged. I really loved it and now there's like four of you and that's amazing so it does grow and it's growing quickly and Instagram is pushing that more so the more people engage with the stories and the lives they seem to be putting that more prominent on people's like radar so I do think it's worth it but I can't say whether it's something I'll consistently do yet
2: I think I think content is always worth doing um so I would say yes um if you can you know don't be like us and we're like posting our phones on chairs and stuff. Like, get some equipment where you can post your phone um, like somewhere nearby. Yeah. Um, with Twitter, I actually prefer Twitter video just because most people go to Twitter to be um, real time. Yeah. yeah. So you're probably more likely to find people on Twitter, but again, it depends on the day. Um, And you're able to save the video on your feed on Twitter, whereas Instagram only saves for 24 hours and Facebook. You can save that on your feed. So Facebook and Twitter are probably the best platforms, but Instagram People are used to going to Instagram at the moment. That's where everybody's watching these live videos. Again, if you're being valuable and you're giving some type of behind the scenes. Yeah. So give people an insight that they know they wouldn't get from a Instagram post or a story or a tweet. Yeah. Um, if you're doing that, then I 100% think it's worth doing.
0: Cool, well, I, I concur with Priska. Prisca. She does them all the time. I actually watch yours, actually, because you <laughs> usually post things of like you at events and panels and things. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, and sometimes you I'm you. just like, I just want to hear some sound bites and need some inspiration. Yeah, um, I try. Did I read the last question? You? No, it's not. The last. It's not the last one. It's
2: the second to last. Oh yeah, there's two different. Um, hi, ladies. I've been told to build an email list. Oh, we just speaking on that. Any advice on how to do it, Sarah? How to
0: build an email list. Honestly, email is my favorite thing. Yeah. Like I nerd hard and I'm actually really bad at sending emails to my actual list. Oh, um, which is really bad. I'm really consistent. If I'm working, when I'm freelancing, I'm like, we need to do your emails. It's just oh, like, sick. Let's spend some time. Let's we get it together for some stuff. Um, I love it. It's my favorite thing. Um, SON's got a fantastic set of open rates of between like 25 and 30%. Oh, that's really good. Actually, um, My personal e- open rate is like 53
1: or something percent. <laughs>
0: Nice. like i live for emails like optimizing them tweaking them copywriting them love it everything about email just nerds yeah, me yeah I, I do love emails
2: yeah i love the designing part of it like oh no, i don't like that part oh that's my <laughs> that's my favorite part just being able to move like certain elements in certain places and making sure the colors consistent and knowing my color
0: coding and stuff yeah, like that i love color I, think coding. It's, I
2: think it's perfect so what platform do you
0: use i use so many different ones so for wannabe everything is on wix and wix honestly wix needs to come pay me because i <laughs> i like i, mean, I tweet them and they tweet me back it's like a beautiful relationship so wix shout outs have been really great because they do automation um so you can like set up a mail uh, set up like a freebie on your website to build your email list which is what i have uh which is an opt-in on the page it sits at the below above the fold for so if you don't know what a website's like the first thing you land on on a page everything that you see as you land there is above the fold right. so you don't have to scroll to see it so i have an above the fold opt-in and wix shout out is basically si- anyone that signs up through there it goes onto my mailing list there and then i can send emails via the shout out thing which is ironically where called do shout you out.
2: um collate all your emails and where do you send them out and manage like the it's analytics honestly all on wix oh, shout wait, out. so wix it has analytics
0: like,
1: For Wix shout out
0: Yeah so as if you have a Wix website Then you can base it. It's all integrated into the website Do you need
2: a Wix website to use Wix shout out? You
0: probably do So I have used MailChimp Yeah. Um, MailChimp is probably the most popular one. Uh, And you could have MailChimp for free for up to 2000 email subscribers, which is actually quite a lot and takes some time to build anyway, unless you're like super, 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 super popular. Um, And then in in which case you start paying, but it's not like horrendous. It's like maybe £10 a month when you start going above that price, um, above that subscriber list Um, MailChimp is great you can drag drop you can design it however you want it's got really great ethics they make sure that you're opt-ins and uh, you need to start thinking about GDPR which is how you handle people in the European Union's uh, data and information and you might actually need to just have like a really clear statement on your website about what you do with people's information Um, so yeah what MailChimp is really excellent at those kinds of things and making sure that you are in line with the laws and regulations of the EU and the uk and usa so they're really great for that Um, and i also use something called review which is spelled r-e-v-u-e which is really great for newsletters Uh, Mm. and it's really straightforward i don't have to because i don't like designing too much because i'm not a natural born designer i'm getting better but reviewed is just a newsletter format and you kind of just add headers add image add text Mm -hmm. if you want and it kind of just follows that same kind of format each time so i've used all like i use any email provider that just pops up i've used tiny letter as well i don't really like tiny because yeah. it formats really yeah, weird really weird but, but yeah i've used um tiny letter formatted it beautifully in the software yeah sent it and i was like what in god's green to, and and oh my god it's, it's so it's so upsetting so yeah i'd rather just go tiny letters owned by mailchimp just use MailChimp, to yeah. be honest.
2: There's Campaign Monitor as well, which Ooh, is a little bit one? more for bigger companies, but they have uh, really, really good layouts and the design design. Um- side of it is quite on point yeah um and their um analytics are quite good as well so campaign Monitor is another one
0: yeah definitely choose a provider that has solid analytics what i found is that none of them are consistent yeah <laughs> no yeah, one's yeah. analytics are the same like review has really decent ones and open rates and click-through rates so at least having open rate click-through rates and um, mailchimp's really good at showing you where people have clicked and what links they clicked on so for those analytics it's really useful um so i really like those Um, But in terms of actually growing the list, well, you need to know why you want to build an email list. Just because people told you to doesn't mean you should, but you definitely should. Um, So if you have a business and you're not collecting uh, email addresses, email is still the single best uh, sales channel that you'll ever have yeah it is like having someone's telephone number except for having someone's telephone number like you have direct access to inbox if facebook goes away if instagram goes away if twitter goes away how are you going to reach your customers email is still the best way for that it drives most people sales. i think the last stat was that like 40 percent of sales come from email or 40 mm-hmm. percent of some businesses sales are actually driven by email so it is a really valuable tool to have. I would definitely recommend if you have a website doing an above the fold opt-in. So that's just like something that really aligns with your listeners, whether that's a dis- if you sell product, whether that's offering a discount to your for your product for people that sign up. Um, that's like the easiest thing you can do if it's a really sought after product or service. Um, I have um, the one page business plan is still a freebie. It was originally a one page business plan and goal setting guide, but I made the goal setting guide limited edition. And it was only available up until a certain date. So people signed up because it was limited. And then I kind of just kept the business plan because it works as a really nice opt-in. Like I still get people opting into that um, pretty consistently every week. Um, So having a really nice opt-in on your website is a great way to build a mailing list. If you have like an ebook or maybe you have some blogs that you no longer circulate, you can kind of collate them and condense them down and put them in some really nice designed, um, like a nice designed PDF and call it, I don't know, your free how to photograph flat lays design guidebook um, or just take some really cool photographs. So you can give away audio if you've recorded something. Um, so yeah, just look at some websites and see the things that you've actually signed up did for. It t-
2: how long did it take you to grow your um, list to a point that you could then send things out? Or did you do that from the get go?
0: I think I set a precedent for sending things out every week. Um, or every fort I think I went for an every week thing <laughs> I realized I could not maintain yeah. um, then I went to uh, every fortnight and now I do it m- every month um I think I started straight away just to kind of set a precedent of I'm going to be communicating with you and I would like to give you things that I think are really valuable and things that I've learned along the way that you might not know about yet yeah um my mailing list is oh, I've got like seven different mailing lists, man <laughs> I segment a lot I really nerd out about this but I think <laughs> Combined, we probably have a mailing list of about eight thousand. Um I can't I think one of these is probably between like five and six hundred of that. Yeah. Um pretty consistently. So i i mean I, it grows every week and I, I i send something out at least a month once a month and i try to give away something free within those emails whether mm-hmm. that is something i've just spent like several hours designing the night before that is good because that then helps
2: with obviously that you that influences your copy yeah but Then that also influences whether people click the items within that and then and then yeah. forward that over to friends as well um do you for the wixers do the analytics also cover it doesn't like, tell when me emails get forwarded over
0: I don't think it does, you know, I need to double check. Even if it doesn't, that
2: definitely must happen. I would that like must happen. I would
0: like to know because all yeah. it shows me at the moment is uh, how many people have viewed it, who's opened it and the, the number of clicks that are there. Um, so it doesn't tell me where they've clicked, which I find probably annoying. So I might move over to MailChimp just because I want better analytics for my emails, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But at I the moment, Wix is, Wix is holding me down. I can't like it's really... It's really straightforward and I like it. So I'm going to chill with it for now. But yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how I'd recommend having an opt-in on your website. It um, definitely just, helps. How different. do you build yours? Do you um, build one?
2: No, we do it for clients. So uh, cool. we've done, it for, and literally everything you covered was like what we did. But for us, it was more so, I did it for like tech companies. So it's a different.
0: Yeah, that is a difficult kettle of different kettle fish. I've had to do that before steez. to get beta testers. Yeah, it's just that one was really cool though, because we built like a I built like a three thousand person list. The open rates are quite high because they expect that kind of marketing
2: yeah so when when people expect email marketing they're more likely to look out for it and they're more likely to open it um same thing with whether it's a fashion brand or beauty brand then people expect you to send that and expect to have good deals like i'm pretty sure boohoo misguided um glossier have like amazing open rates because not only are their emails designed beautifully which design also has a huge part to play um picking maximum two to three colors um so people can have a consistent image of your brand yeah um definitely helps with the click rates the open rates no the click rates sorry yeah so a click through rate is what we call it so yeah
0: yeah i agree um and the last question my dear how do you ask strangers to come on your podcast? This was by the African Bohemian from the first ever, ever
2: Instagram Live. Ever. Um, I spoke about this in our most recent episode, actually, about how to get people to come onto your podcast. Um, just to refresh my own memory, I think I, I said something along the lines of literally being honest and saying, hey, I've just started out this podcast. I found you from here. I went on your Twitter page and you were discussing this. I would love to have you on my podcast because this and... Um, let me know and then we can, and I can send you a doodle link, doddle, doddle, I've never used those, I said doodle, doddle, Doddle, I I believe. Um, and then you can slot them in your, um, yeah, slot them in, tweet them, tweet people asking them for your email. It's regarding a podcast. Say, Hey, hi, at blah, blah. Can, can, may I please have your email? It's regarding, um, having you and a guest as a, having your on the podcast podcast as a guest
0: yeah um usually a little bit of digging can get you someone's email address pretty quickly yeah Uh, i believe we talked about emails on nathan's episode uh if they work for a company or a business or a brand that you really want as well you can usually find someone's email address pretty quickly you can also use linkedin if they if it's a business related show uh you can just slide in the old in mails um i never read those but you can do that and they do come when when i do log into linkedin i usually see them um and yeah you can just uh, just ask and have if you have stats use them if you don't like Priska said just kind of say i saw you were talking about this and blah 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 blah, blah. Yes, um Yes, sir. so yeah there's a lot of ways you can ask but usually just asking most people will say yes surprisingly they have to be so so busy and so important that they're like actually no i can't or i don't want to (laughs) um most people do say yes uh but yeah that's what i recommend um i think that's all of the listener questions do we have any on there do we have any comments on instagram live um I think someone mentioned a microphone Someone
2: said there's a cute little mic Called Samson Meteor Which is great for starting Thank you Kirsten um, It was Kirsten I said Samson oh, hey, So Kirsten. I didn't see the, the name Thank you Kirsten Thanks folk <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting started with Instagram Live Well Brandy we do. When don't will know. this episode be out? This will be out on um, Wednesday Okay cool It will be out on Wednesday so You can hear it then um, So yeah Oh Yeah there was another question from Kirsten on Twitter about lessons from the festival. I really tried to condense this down to three. So if anyone knows last year, we ran a podcast festival called shout out live. Uh, We had, incredible 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 lineup um the brilliant idiots featuring shadowing the god and andrew schultz was there another round buzzfeed's another round with heaven and tracy was there the friend zone with like hey friend hey like some really incredible incredible incredibly talented podcasters came um and yeah if you've met me (laughs) one-on-one you'll know that i hold so much trauma just from planning that festival because it was such a big event so to condense that down into like the three biggest lessons i learned um i learned that being ambitious is a beautiful scary And dangerous thing to do. Um, It definitely got us where we needed to be it was an incredible day it was a fantastic event so do dream big be ambitious but also know when to say no and that's going to feel really hard when basically everyone is saying you can have everything for your event that you ever wanted um also be mindful of money that was my second biggest lesson um Mm. so many things about events feel like they're going to be straightforward but there are so many unexpected costs that came up we had to hire lawyers at the very last minute Uh, we had issues with the venue and we've like, there's so many things that just really were so unexpected knowing how to do like a proper and comprehensive risk assessment is important. Um, so just knowing that there are going to be things that you will not know, and I think even the most experienced event managers still have things that just go wrong on the day and just being ready with the contingency. And I guess the third biggest thing is, um, have the strongest team around you. Um, we did not have the strongest team around us to be honest. Um, and that made that really difficult because we did not have a lot of support in getting things done in a mm-hmm. way that benefited us and the festival. And so it made it infinitely more stressful uh because it was really run by three people me fa and the events organizer and manager and we ha- got really lucky with someone who we now work with to this day um, andrew who's phenomenal stepped in at the last minute and really just helped take over the sponsor relationships that i had massively neglected also if you have sponsors that's something to look out for as well so th- those were probably the three biggest things is that having a really good team um which we'll talk about in which we will we would have talked about on monday's episode um having a really good Team, managing your money really well and being really prepared for the unexpected costs, and I mean you need like a good 20 percent contingency yeah. for those because they will slap you out of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, those are my three biggest lessons, but we could probably do like a whole like episode on that because which you should. I will I'm teaching oh, and I'm also teaching a growth strategies course, and one of the lessons is about mistakes made in business, and I have many. so we can get to sharing those. So that's it for listener questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and watching us live as we did it. We did it, press the yay. yay. All right. See you guys later. Bye bye. <sighs> see all of that wicked wisdom that Prisca was sharing with us today you need to go and follow her right now on Twitter and Instagram at Prisca Moyessa her feed is incredible you will not regret it also if you want to hire her or her team visit moyesa.co, that's m-o-y-e-s-a.co and check out their content and you know hire her pay a girl you know she's been doing the work If you like how this podcast is sounding and you think you can do what I do um, or you can do it better, then visit the Shoutout Network by going to shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Be sure to follow Wannabe on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. And I think me and Prisca are probably going to do these sessions live. So make sure you're following on Instagram because that's where we'll be doing that. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. And to get extended show notes listing the tools and resources that we have talked about on this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. The Amazing Word Daily is updating the show notes every Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Bye.
1: I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot quiz.